I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. Hey, today I want to talk to you about leaving money on the table. Now, I know that's not something that any of you want to do, but it happens all over the place. And until we're aware of all those little places where that can happen, it just keeps happening. (laughs) You keep struggling with it. So let's just talk about a few of those today, because the reality is having a consistently profitable design business that, that provides you a good salary and the freedom to focus on your family your relationships or self-care, travel, education, whatever it is that you want to do as well as have a business, doesn't accidentally happen, okay? It has to be intentional. It is the result of paying attention to the little things, the little things that you tweak in your business that that change the way the money flows, captures the money, keeps it from falling out on the edges, that sort of thing. So here are three areas to look at in your business to focus on. This isn't all of it, but this is a good, a nice good chunk to start with. And, and it really becomes more about awareness and then being aware of what, what you're doing and what you're not doing and making some shifts about that. So let's talk about that. Okay. The first one I want to talk about is being fee based. Okay. This is not a question. This is not a discussion. This is not a controversy. Okay. Any business that is hourly based is not as profitable as one that can be fee based and, and offer packages for X dollars. Okay. It just works that way. And it's not just design business. It's any of them. Okay. So establish that to begin with, that that is a really big piece. Now you're going to say, why is that so important? Well, just just to run through the the list of of craziness that we deal with personally as designers is that is that you don't track your time accurately. Okay, in fact, most of you don't track your time at all. Most of you are time tracking adverse, even when you don't need to, and it would be helpful. So that doesn't happen. Then then you're not very good at sending out time invoices. In other words, doing your billing. And quite frankly, doing a bill once a month for something you did six weeks ago, by the time it arrives there, the client doesn't even remember what you did, and you don't remember what you did. So it's not going to be accurate. There's going to be lost hours in there that aren't getting paid for. And then to top it off, once you create that bill by looking through your your calendar, trying to figure out when you did things for this job, and you put together the bill and you look at it and you go, oh, oh, well, they're not going to pay me that much. And you no charge a couple things off of it. Now, I know that happens over and over again. It's your money story getting in the way of sending out that invoice and actually being paid something even close to what you're worth. Because not only did you not track all the hours that it actually took, you actually reduced them. Okay. And this happens all the time. I mean, don't, don't fall over and die. (laughs) Okay. Everybody has had trouble with this. 
It's one of the reasons why fees work so well. It gets you out of out of having the the last minute ability to jump in there and, and do that and actually hurt yourself instead of put yourself on the gain side. Now, one of the other things that happens when you're billing hourly is you have a limited number of hours you can bill. I mean, you can only work so much, okay? And your staff can only work so much. You know, it, it's a very limiting situation. When you're working off a fee, you have X dollars and X amount of hours that it buys, and you figure out how to get the job done in that amount of time, which starts creating efficiency, and you know when your money's going to show up. It isn't like, you know, it isn't like you get paid for what you did today, two or three months from now, you get paid ahead of time. Okay, which makes the money flow work way, way better and actually can put you in a profitable situation pretty quickly. Okay. Now, last but not least, if you're an experienced designer, you've been doing this a while like me, right? You've been around a while. You are faster and more efficient than younger designers who are just beginning. Now, we all know this to be true. I would sit there with my my staff, my design staff, and say, okay, can you get this done in three hours? And then you say, well, you could do it in three hours. I can't do it in three hours. And I go, okay, what do you need? Build six. Okay, great. All right. It takes it takes a long time to develop that kind of speed and confidence where you can just put things together. But if you're billing hourly, then you're not billing as many hours and you're actually getting paid less because you're better than somebody who's new and can't be fast. Okay. So if that doesn't stop you in your tracks and get you into fees, I don't, I don't know what will, but you know, please make this shift over. And if you don't know how to do it, we can teach you here at, at IDBA. That's part of what, part of what we do. Okay. So remember that these design fees always have boundaries and deliverables in them. So you know exactly what it is you're supposed to do. And the client knows exactly what they're supposed to do. And then anything out of that is not scope creep. It's a, an opportunity to upsell. Okay. So that in a box is why those fees are much more, much more profitable, right? Make your business run way, way better. Now, number two, I want to talk about is knowing your numbers. Okay. This is talking about accounting and bookkeeping, right? And you cannot run a successful business with your head in the sand, not ever looking at those and not ever understanding it. So it's like, you know, <laughs> pull up your big girl panties and, and learn how to do this. It's, you don't need to learn QuickBooks to do this. You just need to learn how to read those reports and understand what's in them and how they affect you so that you can make good decisions on the fly before everything crashes on your head. That's the, that's the purpose of them. So you need to know what you made last year. You know, that's a question that when we're doing a strategy session with a new designer who's thinking about joining us. We don't want to talk about money and about, you know, what did, what did you make last year? And, and what was your margin? Most designers who come to us have no clue, right? So, you know, and another thing that we teach here, right? So that you do know, because quite frankly, how would you know if you're successful if you don't know, if you don't know what the measure is? Okay. You've got to be able to measure these things and pay attention to these things along the way and see them rising or falling and being able to pivot quickly and make decisions because you have those, those reports and that information at your fingertips. Okay. Really, really important. Okay. So, so, uh, you know, when you have set a goal for the year, 
that's a really important piece. You need to know at any given time how close you are to that goal. We would we would suggest taking that goal and breaking down into months and knowing what your monthly amount is that you really need to be able to invoice and receive in order to make that number. So you need to know if you're ahead of it or in front of it or behind it or, you know, where you're at. Without that, you really can get in trouble. Very often what happens when people get scared about numbers and where they're at, and it's because they're looking at the bills and not looking at the income, and they get themselves in a place where they're worried and fearful about money, and then they don't make good decisions, and the whole thing starts spiraling down when there really wasn't anything there to begin with, okay? It was just the fact that they didn't know, okay? If you don't have the information, you can't make the decision. If you don't have the information about the size and height and length and 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 fabric and whatever it is that goes into a sofa, you can't order it, right? Well, it's the same way with your books. You can't know where you're going unless you unless you look at it and you have that information at your fingertips, okay? One of the really important numbers you need to know in there is margin, okay? Margin is the difference between all the money you're putting in and what you're paying for all those costs of goods, okay? This is before you get to, before you get to the overhead number. It's like, how much of every dollar that comes in the door is actually yours, okay? And if you don't know that, you don't know where you're at, okay? So this becomes really, really an important piece to have in your pocket all the time because what what I did running in my business and knowing what my margin was, I knew at any given time during the month when we had sold enough to make all the expenses for the month. And sometimes it happened on the second of the month, and that means everything past that is profit. Cool, right? Sometimes it didn't happen till the 26th of the month and say, okay, we just squeaked by this month, but that's fine. We got more stuff out there. Sometimes we didn't sell enough to to actually cover that. Maybe we were installing a whole bunch of jobs that month and not taking in new ones. Okay, that's not a, a tragedy. <laughs> However, you need to know that that income's not there and you're behind that much in overhead. You want to make sure it's, it's there on the other side. So knowing that is, is how you know what's going on with your business at any given time and tracking in your mind where you're at. Because thinking that you're in terrible shape when you're not can really just turn, take you down and turn, you know, turn you into a mess and, and nothing works. You're not going to be able to sell a job. You can't present anything because you're, you're so worried about money. If you knew what it actually was, you're going to be in much better shape. And usually the answer is it's, it's not as bad as you thought it was. Okay. And then once you know that you, you have a, a discrepancy or a problem there that you need to solve, knowing about it sooner and being able to take measures and correct it you know, do a course correction early on makes your cash flow much smoother and you don't get those big up and down crashes all the time that we all know about, okay? So this becomes an important thing. Another important thing in there is that you have a salary, okay? That you're not just take some money out when the checking account looks flush, okay? That's not how you run a business. That's not a business. That's a hobby. Okay. And I just got to be blunt about that. Okay. You've got to have a salary. Even if it's small, it's got to be consistent. Like every two weeks, you are an employee of the business and the business doesn't run without the employee being paid. Now, if you're worried about money, you can take your paycheck and put it in a savings account and be able to loan it back to the business if you ever needed it. But that needs to flow into you. You don't actually have a set of books unless you're paying the employee to do the things that you need to do for the product to go out the front door. Okay? 
So a salary, okay? Important piece about knowing your numbers and being profitable and not letting money fall through the cracks, okay? Those reports that are available from your design software and or QuickBooks, however you do it, you need to be looking at those like every Monday morning, okay? It's not just the balance in the checkbook. It's how much is coming in, how much is going out, where you are, what's going, what we're going to sell next. It's being on top of those numbers is going to put you in the place that you want to be, okay? Now, number three in this list is having your purchasing completely separate from your design services, okay? As soon as you mush those together, you present like a furniture salesman and people push back on your fees and you just get in a mess, okay? You're not a furniture salesman. You're not a a, a buying assistant. You're, not a, you're a designer, right? You're going to design the piece first totally, completely before you let anybody buy anything, Okay. And then when you get to the purchasing meeting at the end, then you do all the purchasing. Okay. And purchasing is a service that your business provides white glove service to clients if they want it. Okay. Don't have to have it. We could design this and give you the, the sheet with all the information on it and you go buy it. That's fine. Okay. But you are well paid for design and then you're well paid for purchasing. Two separate things. Okay. Now, when we talk about purchasing and selling products, it needs to go out at retail. Okay. Why? Because people understand what retail is. They don't understand cost plus 30, cost plus 20, that sort of thing. They don't realize that they're getting a smoking deal by do that. They just want to pick on the cost plus thing and, and see, you know, what could you do it for 15 or that kind of thing. You don't want to give them something to push on. And quite frankly, in my opinion, if they can't do the math and figure out that that's a way better deal than retail, then forget it. Sell it at retail and you take the profit. Okay. It just works way better. You'll get way less pushback on purchasing because they understand it. They know what that means. Okay. Number two in this list of, of product purchasing money leak sort of things is you have to make sure that your your markup or your margin is always consistent on that product. That means if you're selling at retail, it's always retail. Okay. Now I know what happens very often in if we're feeling a little tight because we didn't pay attention to where the money is and, and the checking account's low and we're getting worried about it, we will tend to mark things up less and make, try to make better deals for people with the, the subconscious idea that, oh, if I make it less expensive, they're more likely to buy it. I have to tell you that that's not actually true, okay? Your ideal client is not thinking that way. That's your money story getting in the way. And don't feel bad. We've all done it. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing that's happening when you do the time bill and you reduce it, okay? It has to do with something in self-worth and our own money stories. And, you know, and we work on a lot of that here at IDBA too, you know, mindset stuff. Of, of getting that to shift because you do deserve to be well paid. Okay. And, and so we have this consistent markup or retail number that we're always selling on so that somebody else could do that markup and, and do those proposals so that we don't even have to touch them. And then we don't have a chance to mess them up. Okay. All you have to do is present what's there. Okay. Because your, your ideal client is not trying to make it cheaper. And if you've established a budget in the first place and everything's in budget, what are you doing? Okay. It's all, it's all right there. Okay. So it's having that consistent piece 
about money and markups all the way through. We know that that very often, there's another money story challenge, okay? Very often when we're selling a very expensive product, we won't mark it up as much as we do an inexpensive product, which we're going to retail and double plus freight, right? So that's no problem. So, you know, we look at the the, the dining room table with the cost is twelve grand, and go oh well, I only need to make four thousand on that. I'll just I'll sell it for sixteen. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm sure you've heard the stories. Uh, you know, you need those margins in there. You need that to sell that table for twenty four because you have to back it up. If something's not right with that, you've got to take care of it. And the more high end your client is, and the more high end the product, the more important it is that you take care of absolutely everything. And you can do that if you charge enough. Okay. So, so this not marking up expensive product enough causes a money leak because it often costs you more than what you marked it up to actually repair it or finish it or do whatever it is you have to do to make it right so that you, you hold that client and you hold your PR in a good stead. Okay. So, you know, you can see how all this stuff is kind of endemic. There's these little things that are happening throughout design businesses that just take it down a hunk and take it down a notch and take it down another notch to the point where you're not making any money. Okay. And when you start focusing on these little pieces and establishing this is the way we do this and having this consistent, repeatable way you do it, then the, the profits start to show up. Okay. Know that profit doesn't happen in, in a, and a big fell swoop that lands on your head, it's little pieces, it's little slivers that add up to a lot, okay? So, you know, hold on to that philosophy, okay? Now, back in this purchasing thing, you need, it's very, very important that you create, that you stay within your system, you stay within your software, and you create a purchase order for every single thing you buy. Every single thing gets a purchase order and a proposal, all right? You can't buy something until you sold it. Now, sometimes we get out of sequence with that. We just pick stuff up because they're there. That's great, but you've got to go back and write the proposal and write the purchase order and get it in the system or that money gets lost, okay? It happens over and over again. You pay for things that don't get billed or don't get picked up on the other side because they're not in a system that can grab it and automatically spit it out on the other way. So, <laughs> I know that following the rules is hard, okay? We're entrepreneurs because we don't like to follow rules. We want to do it our way. But I have to tell you that having no framework in your business is where you lose a lot of money and you lose a lot of time and you end up working 60 hours a week and making 40000 a year. And it's like, that's not it. That's not it. And, and it's because of not having any framework and then not sticking to it. You have to pretend like you have a, a boss that says, this is the way you have to do this. And you do it that way every time because that's what they told you. Okay. And I know that's kind of counterintuitive, but that is, is one of the biggest places where, where our design businesses lose their profits is, is it being so loose as to not having any consistency in terms of how we do things and how we capture money and, and capturing every bit of money. Okay. Now, in this purchasing piece as well, let me throw one more piece in there. It would be very important to your business to have at least one or two really good stocking dealer relationships in a line that you use as the core for most all of your jobs, okay? You need to look at the profit on what you're purchasing 
and decide what your good, better, best is. And good is the least expensive sofa that you'll stand behind that you can provide. And better is the next one up. And best is your high-end clients. That can shift and, you know, depending on your clientele quite a bit. But that needs to be established and firm so that you know and that you have some stocking dealer pricing in that core of that job, like 80% of it's coming through on stocking dealer. Okay. And then the jewelry, the cool stuff, the trick stuff, that kind of thing that you want to put in there that really makes it sparkle. Uh, you know, if you don't make as much on that, it's okay because you got enough on the other side to balance it out. Okay. So <laughs> the moral of the story is do not shop retail and, and internet to, <laughs> to source your design jobs. It, it absolutely will kill you. You will, you will not get what you need. You won't get the, the, the margins you want. You won't get the customer support. You don't, you don't get anything. Okay. So while I realize that's when you're in school, that's what you use to have resources. You have to develop your resources and you want to pay attention to what those margins are so that, that you have profit flowing in for all the work you're doing. Okay. And when you sell those products, they need to be paid for in full. Okay. In full, you're not the bank. Okay. You are not the bank. Let me say that you are not the bank of design for your clients. You are not supposed to be paying for stuff in interim and that sort of thing. It needs to be all paid up front because the, you know, the responsibility is not that you will get the product there. The responsibility is that they will, they will pay for the product. Okay. And you have no, no assurance of that. If you take 50% down, anything can happen and you can end up owing more, <laughs> owing more to your vendors than what you've, you've got coming in. So we don't, we don't want you in that situation. Okay. So those are all places to look for money leaks. Okay. This is something that's, that's really important for your business. It's really important for being profitable uh, because it doesn't change the amount of work you're doing. It changes the amount that you receive back from the work you're doing because you're not, you're not losing stuff through the cracks all the time. So, you know, if you like this kind of information, check us out. You might want to book a clarity call with us and check out what we do and how we do it and see if it makes any sense for you. We'd be happy to, to do that with you. We enjoy talking to you. It's a conversation. It's a get to know you. There's no push here, but want you to know that that this kind of stuff is available and the frameworks and the setups to do this are available so that you don't have to invent the wheel. You can step in and and become profitable quite quickly. <laughs> okay. I will I will be reminded that it took me about 20 years to figure out how to have a really profitable design business. Um, and piece by piece I put it together. But it, it's like it was slow. It was really slow. I'd like you to have a little more speed. I wish I wish there was something like this available when I was coming up in the business and had something to look at and ask, but there wasn't. There is now. If you want to talk to us, go to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com, sign up for a clarity call, and we'll see where we go from there. Until then, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're learning, head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com and book a clarity call. This is the perfect way to chat with one of our coaches about where you are in your business and what your next best step needs to be to make your design business profitable and enjoyable. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. So until next week, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth.